LinkedIn presents. Wherever you're at in life right now, if you want to become successful, you just have to dedicate the time to it. It really just comes down to if you if you spend enough time doing something, eventually it will pay out. And that's really, I would say, the key to my success is just never stopping, just like constantly grinding um, to get get to to where I am now. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn Somnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So today's guest is someone from the Web3 space. I have Nathan Sen. What do you do, Nathan? I am the co-founder of DBuzz, and I am the founder of a development company called Dataloft. And we developed the DBuzz platform and do outsourcing work on various Web3 projects. And also we work in the Web2 space building software for construction companies in the U.S. um, for various building platforms. Wow. So that's cool. So you are pretty successful, right? You're doing a lot of things. If you could create a blueprint of your success to pass on to someone without a college degree, what would it look like? Working extremely hard, just dedicating the time to whatever it is that you're interested in. Like you said, a little bit about my my background. I've never or had any type of formal education. I started just developing software and it kind of snowballed from there to where it is now. Um, but my advice to anyone would be wherever you're at in life right now, if you want to become successful, you just have to dedicate the time to it. It really just comes down to if you if you spend enough time doing something, eventually it will pay out. And that's really, I would say, the key to my success is just never stopping, just like constantly grinding um, to get get to to where I am now. Yeah. Success comes to those who have patience and who stick with it. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. So many people don't realize it. And, you know, they see, hey, you're successful. And it's like, hey, you know, some people have dreamed about that day for like that 10 years. Now, what's the salary range for someone that does the same things that you do? That's hard to really say what the salary rate would be um, because I do a lot of different things. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. So the salary rate for an entrepreneur is really zero um, until you you've become successful and then it could be, you know, multi millions of dollars, right? So somewhere between zero and, and millions of dollars is is the rate um, for someone who does what I do. Okay, okay. Did you ever have like a traditional job where they paid you or a project where they paid you something or it was all entrepreneurial? Yeah, so out of high school, I started working um, as a chef at Huddle House and waiting tables and I worked in pizza restaurants and worked in construction and I've done flooring and I've done a lot of different jobs in my past 
eventually I started working in a, a metal forming shop running folding machine that makes like um, the gutter panels are the trim that you see on the side of houses and stuff like that. And that's really the last formal job that I had. And, and what I would do is I would work, you know, my eight hours and then I lived like a quarter of a mile from where I worked. And then I would go home and I would just sit and grind on my computer nonstop until I fell asleep and get up, do this over and over and over. Um, and then eventually what happened was I was making so much money when I would go home every day that it's like, I don't really need to go to work anymore. So I told my boss like, Hey, I've been doing this computer thing. And, and now I, like I'm starting to make some money and like, don't want to work as many hours because I feel like, you know, if I could dedicate more time to that anyway. So I went part time for like two weeks and then I just totally quit. Just like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done, you know, here and never really looked back. So I did that. Um, Ended up in the Philippines. It's a long story, um, probably like longer than, than what we have time for here. But I eventually ended up in the Philippines, um, started doing a lot of outsource work, just finding clients um, and then finding developers to work on different projects and then working on projects myself and just picking up work, work and then got into the um, Web3 space, invested in Bitcoin, made money there. Yeah, I found that working on Web3 projects were was very profitable. Um, so I kind of like tailored towards um, the Web3 space and working in Web3 projects. And then in 2019, Chris Rice approached me and about building a decentralized social media platform. And we started working on that. And over the three past three years, we've developed that to a, a fully launched product um, and, and have users using it and, and it's starting to grow and looking very, very promising. Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. I love that. So what were you doing on your computer after you were working that job? Like, how are you making money? Well, I, I learned how to code when I w was a, a kid around, I think like the first computer program books I got, I was like nine years old. Yeah. Um, and really just dove into it in my teens, building um, video games and stuff. So, but eventually what I got into um, where I was, actually making money was I developed a site called Usearch and it was a, a, a search engine like Google. And at one point in time, I had like 40,000 active users on it every day. Wow. And so I was, I was getting ad revenue and that kind of led like to other opportunities because people seen like, okay, he was able to develop this. Maybe he can develop more. So I had like a lot of like people reaching out, like, can you, can you work on our projects? You know, 
Um, so I, that's when I, I started outsourcing um, and working on outside projects and, and eventually ended up leading me to come to the, the Philippines um, to work on a project. And then once I came here, I kind of never left. How did you level up in Web, th- web 2? Because you obviously did projects yourself and then you realize, hey, I could find other developers. And that's a totally different skill set, right? To build your own website versus finding developers and leading them and guiding them and making sure that they do their work properly and that you deliver it to the client and you give them reasonable timelines. How was that? It's been a learning experience. You know, I've had I've had my successes and, and failures in that space. What, you know, kind of led led up to that was it all kind of like stemmed from my first pr- real project i would say where I, where i seen money start coming in and that goes back to the, the website um you search i actually got some funding from one of my family members on that project once he's seen you know me working on it and i started hiring um devs on freelancer to assist me on and like teach me like i would hire people just to like basically teach me like how to code you know while i'm coding like okay i'm trying to do this i don't know how and like so i would just go and hire a senior dev and then just sit there and like pick their brain and then they like we would work together um so that kind of led you know well i had one dev and then like expand my team out and then like once i started earning money like all the money that i've ever earned like i either reinvest in something or like pay to devs to build you know new stuff so I've literally spent all the money that I, I've ever got is like reinvest, reinvest. Luckily, you know, over the last few years, I had quite a few um, successes and was able to buy a house and some property and stuff. But for the most part, like I've always like all the money that's come in, it's like went right back out um, back into devs. And so that's kind of where I gained my experience. It's just like, I can't do all this myself. So like I need to bring people in and like, I don't know how to do stuff. So I need to get someone in here to help me. and then. Just learning from different people um, that I brought in my team has helped me to kind of get to and and it's one of those things that I do that is not really um, what I love. I love to code, like that's what I love. But life has kind of thrown me into a, a situation where it's like I also have to be able to manage a team because there's only so much I can do on my own. And one of the the keys to my success in that department is finding really good managers to help me. Um, so I have I have a secretary. She's worked for me for almost seven years. I met her when I first came to the Philippines, and she helps like oversee my entire project. Um, she communicates with all my developers. She sets up tasks, so she sees what needs to be done, and then kind of helps me oversee it. So I'm not having to be as involved on like task by task basis, like I can set like an overall vision. And then she delegates to each individual person what needs to be done. You did an interesting way because a lot of time people will hire junior devs to outsource their work, but you hire people better than you. And you learn from them. How'd you get that idea? Because I got stuck on problems that I couldn't solve myself. And so I had to find a senior dev to like, okay, I'm trying to code this myself. Now, one of my family members, he gave me like $10,000, which at the time I was like, this is a huge amount yeah. of money I can do. Like, this is life changing, right? Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I have some money. And I just went on freelancer and started looking like, okay, this guy seems like he's, so, uh, you know, 
because I forgot how much per hour to, to hire this guy. So I'm like, okay, I'll pay you for 10 hours. Now jump on video chat with me and like do screen share. And like, we're going to sit here and work for 10 hours. And like, I'm just going to ask you lots of questions and like figure out like how this all works. And, and when I did that for 10 hours, I was like, wow, you know, like I know so much more now. And this guy's like involved in my project and we just made like a huge amount of progress. I was like, I could do this just like hiring people off of a freelancer or like different platforms and, and and learn from them and then like get them to work on our projects and then we can make more and then like convert this into to cash and then ultimately the the huge breakthrough was like well if i could do this over freelancer what if i had an office and like i had 15 people that were all sitting in a circle together like what could we do then and that like, once again is kind of like what led me to the Philippines and, and where I'm at now. So what was the reaction of these senior devs? Because they see this young person who like hires them and who's like, not don't just make this for me. Teach me while you make it. Like, what was their reaction? I think that they were very inviting. The dev that I that, that I hired, it was very helpful in like explaining things. Um, it was just a, a great experience, you know, for me having that interaction. Um, because up until that point, like, I'd never um, had any formal education. You know, I'm 100% self-taught, you know, just reading books, YouTube tutorials. So having that one-on-one kind of tutoring and, and like explaining how how it works and like how things should be formatted and, and the proper way to to create the things that we're trying to create kind of like boosted me into a different league and in, in coding yeah i mean you're like you're you're kind of cheating right? <laughs> like you're just <laughs> getting the senior devs experience it's like a cheat code well i think that's you know that's that's kind of goes you know um a lot of people and, and it was like the same thing that i was told over and over and i used to believe it as well you know when you come out of high school you have to go to college you have to get a degree and that's how you become successful is you get a degree and then you go and work for a big company and you work your way up the ranks. And then one day maybe you'll be successful. And I would say in some fields, maybe if you want to be a surgeon, obviously like don't go watch YouTube yeah. and then decide to be a surgeon, right? Like you probably should like go and go through the, the proper. But as far as a lot of different fields in today's world, Colleges are severely unprepared to get you the information that you need, especially in software, because I did one semester in a community college and I took, you know, all of their computer courses and it was just like, okay, this is a joke. I'm literally just wasting my money here to get all A. Like, I mean, it's super easy. Like I got all A's in the first semester and that was actually after I quit my job, like I was already making money online. I was like, okay, like I'm making like, now nah, I should go and get my degree. And then, so I did one semester, but at the end of the semester, it was like, I was making so much money. And it was like, basically I'm going to spend four years of my life learning the same thing that I'm already like learning at a slower pace than what I'm learning at right now. And I'm not going to make any money and it's going to cost me money. It's like, if I'm going to spend a hundred thousand dollars to go, to college, like a hundred thousand dollars, that's a pretty good startup right there. Yeah, so pretty and, good. Know, that's probably like years, three startups. Yeah. So and then like you know, four years out of my life, you know, or more, you know, depending on what what degree you go for, I feel like a lot. And it it's not 
not all, right? And I'm sure that there's a lot of things that college can give you that you can't get outside or, or college is more set up for. But a lot of times I think employers that hire um, people with degrees, they're not as much looking for the degree. It's like, it's proof that you showed up somewhere yeah. for four years, you know, and, and you had like the, the capacity to like get through it. That's like a pretty good sign. Okay. If they were able to, d- to get a four year degree, that's a pretty good sign that if I hire this person, they're going to be able to show up and be able to do like a reasonably good, good job. But if you have someone that has four years of this massive portfolio and like just all of this, you know, proven record of what they've already done, you know, like build your portfolio. And that's, that's another thing that I advise people is like, if you have two options between you have a hundred thousand dollars to go to to school, you have a hundred thousand dollars to invest in yourself for four years and just grind and build your, even if you at the end, like you, you do a startup, it doesn't work. If you go to college, you're still spending the money, right? So at the end, like you don't have the money. So at the end, you either have a college degree or you have four years of like grinding on a, a startup and like all the experience that you're going to learn. And like, you know, if what I did didn't work out, you know, for four years of like grinding in, in the this space, at least I can go to a company and say, like, look at my portfolio. These are all the projects I built. That's more than someone with a four year college degree is going to have to go and show a potential employer and and experience, especially in the software space, is what trumps everything. Like if I had to choose between hiring someone that had four years experience building projects that had some level of success or they have like lots of code to show or someone that's got a four year degree in in computer science, I'm going to take the, the first guy that has the four years experience just building stuff versus the guy with a computer degree because he might have a computer degree but has he built anything you know so i think just going out and building stuff and and whatever field you're going to go in i i think that it could apply in a lot of those yeah i've seen like some computer science so like the best students like they've learned a lot of stuff outside like a lot of times they'll right. learn their stuff on youtube because the teacher isn't good so it's like okay the teacher's giving them a syllabus but they're learning from some guy on youtube yeah, and a lot of a lot of companies um, that used to have in the software space, it used to be a requirement that you had a college degree. A lot of companies have dropped that um, completely. It, it all comes down to um, experience and and what you what you bring to the table and what you can show. Yeah, and then the other thing is sometimes that theoretical knowledge. Now you you need to work with clients. You need to work with timelines. You need to work with getting payment, pitching a project, working with other developers. You know, I yeah. remember in our meetings, we they'd argue over like commas and formatting and all that stuff. And yeah. I've even heard of college students that don't know what GitHub is. Like they graduate and they don't know what GitHub is. And it's like, you're really in for a rude awakening. That really means <laughs> yeah. you're severely behind. Right. Now, what'd you want to be in high school? Like, did you always want to work in the online space? From a very young age, like, I was very intrigued with um, computers and that was, you know, I knew when I was a kid, it's like, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, out of high school, like I was a bit lost, like I don't know where to go. I wasn't in a place to be able to go to to um, college. It, it was just not something that, you know, I was able to do at th- that time. I was actually homeschooled. Like, so I didn't even 
like I have like no formal education, okay. like none at all. So basically high school for me was um, basically self-taught going through um, teaching myself algebra, doing English books, reading science books, and then computer programming. That was high school. And then out of high school, it's like, okay, well, I guess I need to get a job because what else is there, right? So just started, you know, at, at Huddle House and, and, you know, worked my way up through through the ranks of different different businesses, construction. And it was always like, th- those were the jobs, you know, I, I got a job doing flooring. And that's for me, it was the highest paying job that, that I had ever had at the time, right? I think they were paying me like $15 an hour. Oh, I remember. Was, just what was year was it? Worst. Yeah, that was like 2010. Okay. Or no. No, no, maybe 2011, 2000. Okay. So it's been a while, but that was like, I was making $15 an hour, which I thought was like, that's great. Like that's good money. But it's just like this grueling job where you're like on your hands and knees all day. Like uh, we were doing hardwood flooring. So we we're like, like in there with like sanding machines, like sanding. I was like, I'm watching these guys. They're, they're like, you know, 68, you know, to retire. And they've been doing this their whole life and their backs are giving out as like, no, like I am definitely, and so I would just like go home and just like just tackle the computer when I get home. It's like forget everything else. Like I am gonna figure this out. Like I'm not gonna be one of these guys that get stuck um, doing this for the rest of my life because I, I knew like this is not it. Yeah. You know? What programming languages did you learn? So I learned PHP um, and and how to do websites. Um, that's that was kind of what kind of boosted me into being able to like earn was being able to write in PHP. Um, before that, I had learned um, some some game programming stuff that was done in basic. Um, there was a, a program called Blitz Basic. And so I would code in that when I was a kid to build video games, but HTML, PHP, then I had JavaScript. And then after that, I got into C and C++, which kind of, that's what really led me into being able to work on um, blockchain projects, actually coding on the core code of some blockchain projects. Um, There were forks of Monero, forks of Bitcoin, where I would actually go in and modify the actual core code of those for for various projects. My favorite language that I've learned is is called Go, and it's a a language that was produced by Google, and I I absolutely love it. and I'm actually doing a project right now in Go for proof of access for a, a decentralized storage um, project. So basically what I'm doing is coding out their proof of access, which runs an algorithm that allows you to prove that you're storing a file on your computer without actually having to transmit it. And it's all done through digitally signing um, that file and se- sending back the signature. And then through that signature, we can verify um, that you're actually storing that file, um, and then we we measure it off of the latency. So if you're able to um, sign that and then send back the signature within a reasonable amount of time, which is like milliseconds, then we we mark it as verified. So um, yeah, that's 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 interesting. Now, what really attracted you to Web three? So whenever it goes back to the the usage um, website that I was doing. I came up with this idea through promoting that that project. I found a website called Empire Avenue. And what Empire Avenue was, was a lot of different 
entrepreneurs and influencers who would all share their content. And then there was a token system. So if I went and viewed someone else's content and liked or shared their posts, like I would earn some of these tokens and then I could build up tokens. And then whenever I wanted to promote my project, I could do the same thing as like I would share my project and then people would come and and look at it to get the tokens. And so that was like, I found a way, it was a way of like meeting very interesting people because I picked up a lot of work on that website. And then it was also a really cool token system where, you know, we're, we're doing these like micro tasks to earn these tokens, but you couldn't sell the tokens. And there was like a lot of different things I didn't like about the way the the site worked and how the, the tokens were basically worthless outside of that system. And so as part of you search, I came up with the idea to do a task system where we actually had a real cryptocurrency and then p- people could use that cryptocurrency to hire other people on the site um, to do micro tasks. And that led me down the, like this massive rabbit hole of like someone, like I told someone about this, the idea that I had and, and started working on it. And they were like, that sounds a lot like Bitcoin. I was like, I heard of Bitcoin. So like, maybe I should investigate that more. And then like, I watched this YouTube documentary and was like, whoa, like this is like revolutionary. So like I bought, you know, that's when I started buying Bitcoin and and becoming like super interested in the Web3 space. And then, you know, that as a developer, like I started like wanting to work on these technologies and, and actually understand the core of them and then like actually develop you know solutions and platforms around you know web3 products and and then it just one thing after another you know led working on something showing my work to to people um and then someone's like hey can you work on our project and that you know leads you to I, i've been all around the world to different events and you go to events and you talk to people and it just and that's another thing like people like severely underestimated is like network. Like you can work, like if you were to sit in your closet and just work by yourself, like by yourself, it's very, very, very difficult to become successful. Like you need a network, you need a team and you need close friends. Without that, it's going to be a hard road. And networking is one of the, the key to success is like getting out, going to events, and meeting people, um, and that's going to lead to all types of opportunities. And if you have something to show, if you have a portfolio, if you have stuff to work on, there's a endless supply of work out there for people that you know can do this stuff. And there's also like endless supply of capital to basically bankroll people who have good ideas. So. Yeah, that's that's the amazing part. Now we know why you got ahead. What were some of the mistakes you've made along the way looking back? Oh, wow. Mistakes I've made. That's a lot. Um, I would say not doing um, research, agreeing to do things that you don't do enough research on, not fully preparing for, for things and trusting people that I knew I shouldn't, um, ignoring red flags. So I would say that that's probably the the some of the biggest mistakes that I've made revolve around that. It's like working with people that there were red flags there 
um, but because he didn't want to rock the boat, um, ignored or overlooked. And then when it blows up, it's like, oh, well, I should have like seen this coming. You know, it all goes back to like do your research, like, and then if you see see things, like, don't ignore those red flags. Like, you should um, make sure, like, if you're gonna work with someone. Even if it's your best friend, even if it's your uncle, even if it's your brother, like write something down, like get some signatures on it, like because everybody's best friends and it's all like a great, like, you know, startup adventure until there's like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in accounts. And then like, oh, no, like we didn't agree to that. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. that's not me too, you know? So, um, yeah, that's what I would say on there. Like just, just make sure that that you have your agreements in place and, and that you're working with people who are trustworthy and, and of good moral status. Yeah. yeah. Now, what were some of the red flags that you ignored or you've seen people routinely ignored that really just come back to haunt them? If you're working with someone and they, they make promises or they say things that you know aren't true, that's a, a, a pretty big red flag. You know, if, if someone's, if they're willing to to lie to someone, even if it's just a casual conversation, um, and they're saying things that you know aren't true, or are they're over promising, and this happens a lot. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people go in and and you know, we're gonna do this, we're changing the world, and then the reality of, is they're just you know making up a bunch of like faking it. They they call it faking it till you make it. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, there's some some truth in being like doing that, but at the same time, you have to be aware of those those types of things and like catching on to it early on because it's like if they're willing to to lie or, or make untrue statements to someone and you're partnered with them, then like how can you trust the agreement that you two have? You know, um, because that's where if they're lying to other people, then whenever they don't need you anymore. They, it's in their benefit to lie to you. That's what they're going to do as well. Yeah, no, it, it's so true. Now, how has this industry changed over time? Because I know Web um, 2 has, Web 3 has gone through so many changes and it's still going through changes. For me, like, I feel like we're getting to a, a, a better space like or a better place um, with some more knowledge around it. Because when Web 3 first kind of hit there were so many scams there were so many like fraud and you had like exchanges collapsing like every weekend like we would see yeah. exchanges collapse and like lots of, of security issues involved with it and so like as we're we're evolving we've seen like people become like more aware of the scams we're seeing the development of decentralized exchanges now so the fact that so many centralized exchanges have collapsed it shows that having that trusted exchange that's gonna you know hold everybody's funds maybe is not the best idea and maybe we need like a more decentralized way of exchanging currency versus like trusting finance or ftx with with your fund yeah no i mean it's 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 a thing it's just interesting because it's very decentralized but how a lot of people operate is very centralized, right? It's like you have your Binance right. wallet, you have your Coinbase wallet. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. You know, and it's like, oh, I'm, I've got crypto. I'm a crypto enthusiast and like, I'm all about it. And it's like, well, where's all your money? Oh, it's on FTX. Yeah. Well, 
I guess you don't have very much Bitcoin anymore, do you? Yeah. It, you know, this is all gone. If you and that's why I tell them like you don't have any Bitcoin unless you actually have it. Yeah, know? yeah. If you have it, you have it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. And and there's a difference between the two. What is it? Not your keys, not your coins, right? That's not the your keys, not your crypto. Yeah. No. So you have to be kind of careful. Now, looking back at your life, what would you say is the biggest accomplishment to that you've had? Um, biggest accomplishment that I've had. Mm, I would have to say, um, probably like I would feel like right now, like I'm I'm kind of at like the the top of my game per se like i would i would say like um dbus i talked about it earlier i'm doing a project in the us where we build 3d software for um manufacturers of portable buildings and set up like a, a web portal for their clients to go on and design their buildings and they can go through and completely customize it and order it and we manage like admin panels and everything so that i would say is is like my flagship product, we spent two years building it and we, we have, you know, investors that are involved in it. We have lots of clients that are, are wanting to onboard. And so I see that like being like $10 million plus like valuation business by the end of the year. That's probably like right now would be my biggest success. And then on top of that, I have the DBuzz platform along with Chris Rice. And then we're doing uh, NFT game. And then I'm, I have my, my um, outsource company that we outsource developers to work on other projects. So I would say that, you know, all of that kind of combined together has, has kind of been like, you know, my, my greatest success is building that and, and getting it to where it's at right no, now. No, that's absolutely amazing. Now, this is going to be a little different. What was the hardest thing you ever went through? That's, ooh, that's, a, that's a hard one. Um, kind of before, like, I started, like, making money in this space like right before um i met a girl we started living together and she got pregnant right and she gave birth to my son and then she ended up with some medical conditions and then basically long story short i ended up with full custody of my son during this this period of time and like had to raise him myself so while i was like working and doing the online stuff i was also raising a child by myself did that for like a whole year, like working online, like making money and then like taking care of a baby, like alone. When I came to the Philippines, I actually met my current wife, like who I'm married to now. And then she like had kind of like adopted my son and like raised him. And now he's um, like um, seven years old. Like, he'll be eight this year. Wow. Um, but yeah, that was probably like the hardest thing. Like those were like, that was like the hardest years of my life, you know, going through that where like, you know, I'm entrepreneur, like trying to like scrape by and like do these projects and take care of a baby. Yeah, it was, that was probably like, that was, that was a challenge. Yeah. That's entrepreneurship on hard mode. Cause it's hard as it is. And then this, yeah. this new thing. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure your son is very thankful for you, you know, giving him a good life. Was there ever a time that the lack of a college degree held you back? Maybe. Obviously, there's there was time in my life where I wanted to work for companies, and you know, it's like required college degree. But I would say, since um, I started down the entrepreneurial path and, and actually seen some success, I would say no. You know, if earlier on 
if I would have been able to get a college degree, maybe there are some things I could have done better. Um, maybe I would have had had more education around different different topics. And and I, I mean, there's a place for education, but ultimately, I would say at this point, not not I can't really see. You know, if I would have went and worked for any of those companies, I'd probably like still be there, and I wouldn't really trade where I'm at right now for for that. So what are your future goals now? Like you've, you've really hit a lap. What's the next stage? To grow out these businesses um, and, and try to, to find an exit on some of the different things that I'm doing. And ultimately, like I want to build robots. Okay. Um, that's, that's really what I want to do. And I've already like I already started. Um, like I have like a robot project and building drones so like i have i have a drone that i've built as well like fixed wing drones that like long range like you can fly them for like two two or three hundred miles wow um, ultimately like building drones um for defense purposes and then building robots and anything robotic but i've kind of calculated the amount of money to really do like what i want to do and it's like i need more now if you saw your 18-year-old self walking across the street today, what would you tell Nathan? I would to buy Bitcoin. What else would I say? I would say don't smoke pot until you're like over 35. Buy bitcoins and continue to learn how to write computer codes. Okay. Um, and focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Now, what would you tell kids 18 who are 18 who sort of want to go down the route that you went, who wanna, you know get into web two or web three, what advice would you give them? Get on YouTube, start doing tutorials, forget about everything else in life. Like just focus on writing code, like getting proficient at it. And then um, start building stuff. Like if you have like an idea, like go and build, like try to build something. If you want to go into the the web two or, or web three space or, or building software, I would say, don't waste your time with with college. I would say that it's going to be a total waste of time. Just teach yourself and forget about all the parties and, and the clubs and, you know, going out every weekend or having a girlfriend. Just focus on this because it's not that far. Like if you dedicate yourself for four years and you have like some massive success, the clubs in Dubai and, and Bangkok are so much better. Like it, it's so it's so much better, right? Yeah. Than this college party that you're gonna go to on a weekend. Like it's, it's so much better. Like just just grind it out. Like and then like it will be like it's it's much much more fun. You know? Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. Now, how would people go about supporting you? How would people get in contact with you? So if you want to um, get in contact with me, you can find me on DBuzz. Um, and my username there is Nathan Sin. And you can um, message me on Twitter also. My name on there is Nathan underscore Sin. If you're interested in, in what I'm doing, um, the website is d.buzz. And you can find me on there. Thank you so much for your time, Nathan. This is such a cool episode. I know you'll inspire many people and I look forward to when you start building robots. We got to do a part two when that happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I have some, I'll send you some pictures of my robot. Yeah. All right. Love so you. looking forward to that. Thank you so much for doing this, Nathan. All right. I appreciate you having me on. Thank All you. Right. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. 
Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.